podcast is brought to you by Vibby.com, the quick, easy way to make highlight videos of your very own. Simply log on to the site, put in the timestamps of your favorite moments, and watch as the highlights spring forward into a video of its own that can be easily shared across social media and other content platforms. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Unicorn.com, the premier esports betting site. Log in today to bet on all of your favorite esports games and see if you have what it takes to win some unicorns of your own. Who knows? It might be enough to win you one of those awesome prizes they have in their marketplace. Enjoy the episode. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassner. I am a free agent head coach and analyst, as well as a contributor for Slingshot Esports. And welcome to day four of our NALCS team by team breakdown podcast. Uh, we are so excited to talk about today's team. Uh, in fact, so excited that I had to say that phrase twice, almost like an echo one could say. Uh, and I am joined to talk about this particular echo with my good friend and fellow contributor for Slingshot Esports, Walter Cietis Fedchuk. Walter, how are you doing, man? Boo! Groan! <laughs> nice, nice, nice catch, though. Nice, nice turnaround on that. I'll give you some props for reneging on that mistake. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. I, I've, I've enjoyed this. I enjoy doing these team-by-team previews because it gives me time to actually sit down and, and focus on each of the individual players on these teams when I wouldn't have done so otherwise. Yeah, and with a team like Echo Fox, which is the team we're going to be discussing today, if you couldn't tell by my very, very subtle jokes about Echoes uh, in the opening here, uh, this is a team that has a lot that needs to be broken down. If you look at their overall record from the regular season last split, they finished 7th with a 6-12 and record. That doesn't look particularly great. When you take into account that Visa Geddon hit this team rather hard, and that the five-man roster that they have kept every single member of actually went 6-6 six and six in their 12 games together, it doesn't quite look as bad as one might think. Walter, when you saw that they were keeping this whole roster together and just running it back, what was going through your mind? I mean, I was I was totally okay with it. We we did only get, like you said, 12 games with them as a full roster when you have to deal with all of the visa issues that they had. And, and going forward, I'm pretty excited to see what we get from them. We saw some good games from them when they went on their little winning streak during the middle of the season once everybody was back where Froggen had some good impact and KFO made some good impact. And Hard was arguably the, the better of the two real rookie junglers at the beginning of the season between him and Moon. So I'm excited to see where this team is, is going to go going forwards. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see exactly where they end up Froggen is obviously one of those guys that has made an impact on the scene year after year. And what he was able to do in the 12 games he was playing uh, was quite impressive. A 5.4 KDA, uh, really helping to set up uh, other people to make the plays that they needed, uh, you know, while still managing to have a laning presence, which is something you couldn't always say uh, for Froggen's style. Back in the day, he would mostly like to uh, farm up and then be able to start making plays on his laners. But now 
he's uh he's been a bigger presence and they needed him to be he was 35.5% of the team's damage uh and certainly uh he proved that he was worthy of it with the win ratio they were able to pull off with him in the lineup but there are a lot of things that we need to sort out with this team because it goes beyond just whether Froggen and guys like KFO who we also didn't see uh as many games of last split are going to be able to perform Walter, when you look at this team, what is the biggest thing that you're looking for uh, going forward this split? Well, I'm looking forward to just seeing how this organization grows as a whole, seeing how Rick Fox furthers his esports empire, seeing how these players in particular grow, especially the younger guys and in, in Keith and KFO and Hard, and just going from there. This They set themselves up to be in a good position come summer and going into the future by avoiding relegation with that seventh place spot. That was their first check mark on the spring split. And now they're in this place where they may not be able to break into the very upper echelon of, of the North American League of Legends scene, but they sit in this sweet spot where they didn't make any changes. They feel confident with their players. They went to Korea to get better. And now maybe they can challenge sort of the bottom two teams in the playoffs and continue to stay out of out of the relegation zone. Yeah, well, I think this team showed a lot of heart by avoiding the relegation zone last split. Certainly, uh, when you go 1-7 in seven in your first four weeks as a team, it's pretty difficult to feel 100% confident on where things are going. It would be very easy to throw in the towel. But when the lineup was together... They managed to pull out a very decent-looking team, and I think the key for them is certainly going to be figuring out how to best use those pieces. You know, Keith McBrief and Big are now are guys that have kind of proven during their time in the LCS that they have a very particular play style. They don't go for super aggressive plays. Uh, they're much more willing to take the team fight and hope that they can beat you by making smarter objective plays, which is something that has been very helpful against some of the bottom tier teams that they were able to reliably beat on route to getting that seventh place spot and avoiding relegation matches last split. So for me, the thing I want to watch is how does COP and the rest of this organization further this team? This is a team that still doesn't have any official analysts listed on staff, which is something that worries me because they have guys that I feel need to develop further if they're going to get the most out of this roster. KFO needs to take that next step. I think Hard needs to take another step. But if they can do that, if Rick Fox is able to make those kinds of decisions and and help put them in a place to succeed, the potential here is quite nice. And I'm very much excited to see uh, how it might come together. Walter, if you look into this roster and what this team is, is poised to do, what do you think is the best case scenario for this team? Well, the best case scenario is those players succeeding. Is hard getting better as he gets more experience on the LCS stage. Same thing with KFO. Same thing with Big and Keith, honestly, because they don't have all that much experience outside of a few stints on, on some other teams. So the more this team grows, the more they get used to playing with each other, the more they get used to playing against higher levels of competition, the better they're going to get. And the better they get, the higher they get to place in the seedings, the easier it is for them to avoid relegation and continue to build this really kind of cool, unique brand in the esports world. 
Yeah, no, there's potential as they keep growing, if they can continue this development, if they can continue understanding uh, what it is that you need to do to be a consistently strong team, they have a huge ceiling for growth here. They can quite easily become a team to be feared, but it's going to require a significant amount of growth. If you look at you know, the stats that we saw from last split, Keith was not a particularly strong AD carry. He was well below average in terms of CS differential at 10 minutes. Uh, he was able to get bullied out of lane uh, more than anyone other than Impulse's MASH, which is not the kind of crowd you want to be in. Uh, if you look at jungling presence, uh, Hard was above average in certain things like kill participation, but still not particularly able to, to get the kind of resources or damage that you would want from that jungle position. He was uh, below average in any of those regards, which leads uh, you know a lot of pressure to be on Froggen. And when I look at the worst case scenario for this team, it's that Froggen has to be this big solo carry for them. If KFO doesn't take the next step uh, and isn't able to fix some of his laning difficulties, because he was also below average in lane, and Keith McBrief is below average in lane, and Hard isn't able to be any big plays, well, then there's a lot that comes down on Froggen. And as I said earlier, he did 35.5% of his team's damage. That is a testament to how good Froggen is in those fights, but it's also something that makes the team horribly imbalanced. And yes, the mage changes should be quite nice. The 6.10 patch change that says that you can Zanyas and still use the ult? I mean, Anivia is going to be a thing again, and Froggen certainly is the person who is able to make it work if anyone can. But there's so much pressure right now on one guy. And when one person is the difference between you being able to be a team that can compete for a playoff spot or a team that we're not going to be hearing from when games really start to matter towards the end of the split, that's the biggest concern for me. Especially when you look at an organization that, as of right now, doesn't seem to have the same depth in terms of the coaching staff to help develop these guys. It's really a lot is going to fall onto COP in that regard as well. So, you know, when you look at the worst case scenario, it's just can Cop and Froggen do everything this organization is relying upon them to do if they're going to be successful. But Walter, when we take all of this into account, where do you think this team ends up? I think Echo Fox is in a, a fairly similar position to uh, Energy Esports, where they're going to sit in the middle of the pack, right underneath the top five teams in North America. It's going to be really hard for them to break into those teams unless one of them really, really fails. So again, that six to eight seed is probably the best, considering we don't quite know what's going on with the TIP or Renegade spots. And, and hopefully as we get more information on that, we'll be able to make a, a clearer distinction. But I think six to eight, again, is, is just that sweet spot for a couple of these teams. Yeah, this is a team that is very much hoping that whatever ends up happening with Renegades and Impulse, and as we said at the time of this recording, that has yet to be revealed. They're really hoping that those teams are not going to be significant threats. Because right now, the top half of the North American uh, LCS just seems so clear and distinctly ahead of that second tier. And for me, it's a matter of so much is falling on 
some guys that really never quite put it together in a way that blew anyone away. They were the good bad team, I would say, of the North American LCS last split, where they beat up on bad teams and they lost to good ones. And that's enough usually to get at least to the seventh spot. In fact, in this split, given how Apex is looking right now as they just lost uh, their AD carry over to Europe, they could be doing even better than that. You know, th- that path to sixth is very possible for a team like Echo Fox, but it's going to require steps forward, and it can't just be on Frog, and, and it can't just be on Cop to put all of this stuff together. It's going to require KFO and Hard and Big to especially make the leap. Certainly with Echo Fox, the, the pieces are there. This team was able to beat up on bad teams for a reason. It's because they have a better sense of awareness in team fighting than a lot of other ones do. But they've got to be able to do it week in and week out. And we need to start seeing them take games off of these better teams. Because until we see that, until we see them really challenging uh, some of these you know, top-tier teams like a Cloud9, like a TSM, like a Team Liquid, there's just a ceiling on how far this team can grow. And it seems like this is a team that's all too comfortable doing just well enough to ensure that they get to come back next split. But who knows? Hopefully they prove us wrong. If they do, you can certainly go and make fun of me for it uh, on my social media accounts. You can find me uh, on Twitter at RedshirtKing. Walter, where can people at home find you? You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. Awesome. You can also find a whole bunch of episodes of these team-by-team preview podcasts. We did Cloud9 on day one, NRG on day two, Immortals yesterday. And of course, we've also been doing this for Europe. So if you want to check out our podcasts on FC Schalke, on H2K, Rocket, and Fanatic, you should find all of those and more on soundcloud.com slash esportsroughdrafts. Or if you go to iTunes and search Rough Drafts under the podcast section there, you can hit that subscribe button and you'll get all of our episodes as we look forward to this very exciting NALCS summer split. But come back tomorrow when we look at a team that took Walter and I off guard last split, but who surely will not take us by surprise again after a very stunning performance in the most recent international tournament. So come back tomorrow for that. And until then, goodbye, Internet.